1 Corinthians chapter number 14. And what a wonderful book and what a wonderful study this has been as we've been studying how to live Christ-like in a crooked land. Tonight we're going to be looking at something in chapter number 14 where we'll be looking at looking at a good portion of the book. I mean, excuse me, a good portion of the, the, the chapter here in chapter number 14. As most of you remember, last week, we, and actually really the past couple weeks, we have been talking about sign gifts. And what are these sign gifts? What is, what is the purpose of them? Because these are some things that we read in the Bible and we say, ooh, that's, some, that's some, kind of some different stuff. That seems really, that seems really special. Man, this seems, seems like something that I want to be part of. Well, how does that relate to today? And folks, we've been kind of answering that question just a little bit. We talked last week about how Paul, he said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But now I'm a man. And I understand as a man. I speak as a man. Well, he was talking about the things in the church. Folks, the church, when it was very young, when it was in its infancy, it didn't have the whole Bible put together yet. All they understood was the tiny pieces of prophecy that they were given. They had a little bit of understanding here. This little bit of preaching that Paul gave them here. They didn't have it all. So what did they do? They understood as children. They didn't have the whole picture. But Paul is saying one day that which is perfect is going to come, which is the completion of the scripture. And now it's here. And now we are a fully mature as in we are fully understanding. We have the completion of God's word. We don't need all these bits and pieces anymore like children have. Boy, we've come to the point where we have the whole scripture. So now something very interesting happens. Paul kind of really, really focuses in here on chapter number 14. He puts the spotlight on speaking in tongues for a little bit. And folks, tonight that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about speaking in tongues. And, you know, we've already answered the question, is, excuse me, is speaking in tongues something for today? Folks, I believe from God's word that it is not. Because he says that tongues will cease when that which is perfect is come. That which is in part, those pieces will be done away. And so for number one, Paul already told us that it was going to cease. But here's the argument I'm going to give you number two of why I don't believe speaking in tongues is for today. And they believe this is one that we have to be very, very careful with. I'm going to tell you about two times I have seen someone, quote unquote, speak in tongues. And I realize it happens more than that. This is just me personally. I remember one time I was in, and, and I thought about showing you a video of, of some of this stuff, but, but I probably won't. I remember I was in a church service, and boy, it was a big church. And I remember I was sitting there in this church service, and I was down on the lower section. It was one of these ones that had a big wraparound balcony all around me. And I remember I was, I was probably a teenager, and I was sitting here kind of in the middle section down below. And then I heard some kind of commotion. I mean, it was a racket, buddy. And then I turned around, and I looked up, and, and, th and th there was this, it was a very large woman. And she just started making all kinds of racket. I mean, she was yelling so loud, you could hear her all through the, uh, all through the auditorium. And I heard her speaking words, but I didn't know what she was saying. I knew she was trying to, she was saying something, but I had no idea what it was. But I saw she was going nuts. And so I looked up there and I'm watching this, and the preacher, he's still trying to preach, and this lady, she's up here, and I'm, of course, I'm a teenager, I'm getting distracted, and I'm looking up here thinking, what is going on? And then, man, a couple of ushers come along, and they kind of, one of them each kind of grabbed her by the arm, and she was like, she was falling over, and she was about to pass out. I'm like, man, is she, is she going to fall out on the floor right here in the middle of service? And they kind of helped her out, you know. I'm thinking, good night. 
That was the first time I had ever seen it. And then I started realizing that was before I understood there was something called speaking in tongues. And then there was a second time. I'll never forget another man. He was, he was heavily intoxicated. And I know that because he was in the hospital. He was intoxicated before he came in and with what they gave him in the hospital. And so while I was there, I was talking to him. And he was very, very incoherent with all his words. I was trying to get some information from him, trying to be a, a comfort to him, trying to pray with him. And he was, uh, you know, he was in an accident. He was in very bad shape. And, you know, I, I was holding his hand and stuff. And then he was speaking very, almost cryptic. You know, he was saying words, but he was talking about his past. Oh, I've been involved in, in this and this. And then he would all of a sudden just give me an address. He's like, yeah, that address. And to things, things that didn't, it didn't make any sense. But then all of a sudden he has switched over and he started saying words of a language that I had never even heard. I mean, it didn't sound like French. It didn't sound like German. It didn't sound like English. It didn't sound like Spanish or anything. And, and it was this same three or four words over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I know, what he, I, know, I know what he's doing. Because at this point, I had understand the scripture. In his mind, because I, actually I knew about this guy's church background, he was attempting to speak in tongues. And so now I, I've seen these things. And you, all you got to do is go on YouTube and you click speaking in tongues. And you'll have church services where, where people will be in, in the auditorium. They'll be in their chairs jumping up and down. And they'll be rattling off a whole bunch of gibberish. You'll have a pastor. Man, he'll be up front and he'll be praying and all of a sudden he'll stop praying and he'll be saying something that sounds like gibberish. And what I'm going to show you tonight is this. Even if speaking in tongues were for today, they're doing it improperly. Even if it were something we could do today, it is absolutely against God's word the way they are doing it. Because folks, I want to tell you this. I know we're talking about speaking in tongues, and I'm talking about it kind of negatively. It is something that God does. It's in the Scripture. He has done it in the past. He'd done it at Pentecost. He'd done it as a sign gift. Yes, speaking in tongues happened, but we need to understand, one, how it happened, which is different than the way most people did it, when it happened, which was in the Bible, not today, and for what purpose it had. And folks, today, the way people speak in tongues is just so far gone from what God ever meant it to be. There is no way that is biblical. And folks, I'm going to show that to you tonight. I have six things I'm going to show you out of this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. And if you would, I want you to just write down these, these six things. If you've got a pen, it'll be good to take these with you. Because if you see it, this will be kind of a test. You can ask yourself these questions. Hmm. Here's someone saying they're speaking in tongues. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And I guarantee you it will fail that test because it does not happen today. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, and then we'll have a word of prayer. And again, ask God to help us with the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. We'll talk about that word too. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather... That ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, 
except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even these things without life giving sound, whether pipe or heart, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Let's take a break there. and We'll read many more verses here in a little bit. Lord, again, I ask that you would help us to have clarity of thought. Excuse me. A clarity of thought tonight and understanding with the scripture. Lord, this is something I believe that could, uh, amongst many, be a sensitive subject today. I believe there are many that have, that have got it wrong and have had a misunderstanding. And Lord, because of it, I believe it has caused much confusion. I believe it possibly would even be something that, that the enemy would seek to use. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the scriptures tonight. And may the Holy Spirit have free reign in our hearts. And Lord, above all, I ask that you would be honored and glorified in it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Folks, number one, I want to show you this. Uh, tongues, it is presented as a mystery of God. It is a mystery of God. I'm going to show that to you, number, verse number one. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. And by the way, remember, he's talking to people in this day. He's not talking to us. He's talking to the Corinthians that don't have the Bible. He's saying desire spiritual gifts. Hey, those are good things. You can use them. But rather that ye may prophesy. What is prophesying? Folks, I'm going to give you this. Prophesying does not always mean you're telling the future. Okay? Prophesying can simply mean I am taking the message of God and giving it to someone else. Folks, you look in the, look, look in the Old Testament. You look what the prophets did. They would just stand there and say, hey, thus saith the Lord. They were prophesying. It doesn't always mean God's telling you what's happening later. It's just saying, hey, this is what God says. The Bible even says, if I recall correctly, that King Saul was, uh, was entitled a prophet because there were times he said, hey, this is what God says. So he's saying it's better to prophesy than to have spiritual gifts. But let's continue on to prove our first point. Verse number two. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Okay, so it's mysterious. Now, here's where our first mistake is made. When we see that it's spoken unto God, we understand this is coming from God. It's not that I am speaking to God in an unknown tongue. And here's why I say that. Watch me, because I don't want you to misunderstand. When we go and we see the purpose of what these tongues were for, I'm going to show you a verse where it tells us. Let's start here in verse number 13. I hope I've got the right verse here because I wanted to skip down a few. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, and thou giving of thanks, seeth he understandeth not what thou sayest. Folks, have you noticed the whole theme of what Paul is saying? He's saying speaking in tongues ought to be done with understanding. Who's doing the understanding? The people in the congregation. Furthermore, here in a few minutes, I'm going to show you a verse where Paul showed us and he said... Speaking in tongues is a sign for lost people. Now, if it was just me talking to God, why is it a sign for lost people? If it was me just talking to God, 
What does it matter if anybody else understands? It doesn't. Folks, you see, when it says it's done unto God, we see this is a sign. This is a gift that's coming from God, not from man. I am not speaking just simply uh, because of things earthly. It is from things that is godly, things that is heavenly. So the first things you need to ask yourself is this. Is this coming from God? Is this presented a mystery of God? Notice that word in the second part of verse number two. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Folks, can I tell you this? It doesn't have to be in Spanish to be a mystery. It doesn't have to be in French to be a mystery. Folks, I believe what this verse could lead us to understand is this. Because they didn't have the scriptures, because God was giving them things that were new, no matter what language they were spoken in, it was still being spoken as a mystery. If I were in this day and I went to a Jew and said, Hey, Jews, listen to me. You don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. They're going to say, What? That's, that's a mystery. That doesn't make sense to me. Hey, Jews, Jesus Christ came the first time and now he's going to come back a second time. What? You see, to the Jews, that's a mystery. Regardless of what language it was in, it wasn't a mystery necessarily because of the language, because people were there interpreting it. I believe it was a mystery in part because of the message. Because of the message. Folks, I'm going to show you, go ahead and show you this too. Let's move on to this next one because I believe this one is even bigger than that. Folks, number two, prophesying is better than tongues. Prophesying is better than tongues. Let's read what he said here again in verse number three. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Hey, look at me. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So, folks, you've got two men. Here's what Paul is getting at. You have one man over here that out of the knowledge and understanding that God has given him, out of the little bit of Scripture that he does have, if he can open this Scripture, if he can open something that God has given and say, hey, let me tell you what God said. He's saying that is better than someone over here speaking in an unknown language that, that no one else is able to understand. What good is this doing? Well, what good is having some kind of gibberish the way they do it now. What good is hearing you know, Chinese if I am here and I'm not understanding what's being said? It's not doing any good. It's not helping the church. It's not helping the lost. It's not doing any good between you and God himself because God understands you no matter what you're doing. So what benefit is it? None. This person over here that has the word of God and says, thus saith the Lord God, that is going to do some good. That is going to be a beneficial. That is going to be edifying. The only time that speaking in tongues is any good is at the bottom of verse number four. Watch this. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues. He's saying, yeah, it's a good thing. But rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Folks, there's something else that we see here. The only time that tongues is being spoken that is actually ends up being any good is if there's someone there as an interpreter saying, okay, this is what this guy is saying. 
Church, listen up. This guy just said this. And then he would proceed to tell the church what was said. Because that's what edifies the church. That is how God sent messages. It was a sign. And notice the, the example here he gives with, uh, gives with instruments. In verse number 6, I'm going to read several verses here. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, and what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound whether pipe or heart, except they give a distinction in the sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice... I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel unto the edifying of the church. So, folks, here's the example he gives. At this day, they didn't have, I mean, think back to that time. They didn't have radios, okay? They couldn't call into the captain of the army and say, okay, charge and then everyone go no they had trumpets they they would get a trumpet and they would blow loud and they would blow a tune so that everyone could say hey that's the charge let's go now what would happen if they just blew the trumpet but there was no specific tune to it it was just a bunch of noise all the soldiers would be going around saying okay what does that mean what do we do no, I don't know. Well, let's just stand here. Nothing will get done. He's saying even instruments, they have to have a tune. There is a purpose. It has to convey a message. So he is saying here, these very same things, if God ever was to bless somebody with this, this moment of speaking in tongues, the words need to be understood. There needs to be edification. There needs to be a message. Something needs to be conveyed. Verse number 10, there it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them was out signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. If you just see somebody speaking and you have no idea what they're saying, it's just confusion. It's almost barbaric is what he's saying. Folks, prophesying is better than tongues. The Bible says a man that speaks in tongues in verse number 4, he's edifying himself. And if you look... You'll see people doing that on YouTube. And, I, and I am, I'm telling you, this, this is one of the, the points that just kills it for me. Because here in the scriptures, God blessed these people and said, here's your message. They spoke in tongues. Now, how come on YouTube you can take speaking in tongues lessons? There's men that would video themselves, hey, let me teach you how to do this. Folks, if it's a sign gift and it's from God, I don't need a lesson. People are doing this to lift themselves up. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Look at this lesson that I have learned, and I can show you how to do it too. And then when you look in the comments underneath this video, people are saying, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, Lord, pour out your spirit on me so I can do it too. Why do you need to experience something? Folks, I am not looking for an experience. I have truth. I don't need to feel something. I don't need to get this warm, fuzzy feeling inside. God's already given me everything that I need. I am not seeking for an experience. Folks, as children of God, we are to seek for truth, not for feeling, for truth. And we have truth right here. God gave us all the truth that we need. Folks, prophesying, however, 
It doesn't build up just one person. Prophesying builds up the whole church. Prophesying is something we can all learn from. Prophesying the word of God is something I can hear and I can say, boy, that blesses my heart. I can take that and I can take that with me and I can use that. Folks, prophesying was always so much better. Even in this day when they did do it. Paul wasn't saying it was bad. He was just saying that the truth of God's word is better. I'm going to show you in some more verses that have to do with the same thing. Verse number 15. What is it then? Will I pray with the Spirit and will I pray with the understanding also? I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth what not thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Watch this. He's saying, look, this thing of tongues is good, but watch 19. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Folks, that's pretty powerful. He was saying, I would rather speak to you one single verse that everyone understands and can learn from than to write an entire book in an unknown language that no one's able to learn anything from. Folks, that's pretty significant. Then how come today so many people are looking for this experience, this extra measure of blessing whereby they can rattle off some kind of gibberish? Why? Even Paul was saying that's nowhere near as good as the gospel of Christ. He's saying, look, the prophesying, it edifies. It is with purpose. It has a reason. Folks, prophesying, it builds up the whole church. Now watch this. We already said, and this was kind of, kind of number three. If you're, if you're writing them down, I'll give them to you in, in order. Number one was tongues presented the mysteries of God. Tongues presented the mysteries of God. We saw that in verse number two. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Tongues present the mysteries of God. Number two, prophesying is better than tongues. Prophesying is better than tongues. Number three, we've kind of said this one, we kind, of with our, kind of like with our test. Tongues were always with understanding. Tongues were always with understanding. Now that's going to be our biggest test right there. If you were ever in a, it would probably be a church service. I would think most likely you wouldn't see this outside of some kind of church service. But if you do, maybe you're watching TV, whatever. If you see someone speaking in tongues and they are saying that they are speaking in tongues, which I don't believe they are, but we're making the case even if it was for today. If they are rattling off something that you don't understand, if there is not someone there interpreting what is being said so that it edifies the church, so that it edifies you, you can already say it is not of God. Because we realize it has to be done with understanding, folks. Verses 16 and 17, he says everything is with understanding. Look at 15. I want to show you how this kind of has to do with worship. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. So there's understanding in prayer. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. Even when we're singing, we ought to understand what we're singing about. Verse number 16, else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room and an unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? So you have a visitor that comes into the church and he sees a bunch of stuff and he has no understanding of what's being said. How's that going to help him? 
I mean, it's not. He's just, he's just going to see that as confusion. Folks, number three was tongues were always done with understanding. In God's time, tongues were always had understanding. Now look at this, verse number four, or I say verse four, excuse me. Point number four. I'm moving through these kind of quickly. Tongues were always for the lost, not for the saved. Tongues were always for the lost, not for the saved. We're going to continue reading this chapter, and we're going to come across a verse, and I'm going to show this to you. Verse number 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice. Be ye children, but in understanding be men. Hey, that goes back to last week. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, verse number 22, here it is. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Folks, did you, see the, did you see the test there? What was the purpose of the sign gift of speaking in tongues? It was to show the lost that Christ was doing something. It was to teach the lost that things have changed, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I believe that speaking in tongues, that unknown tongue, would be an, an opportunity where Peter, James, and John, they would have been able to go to the far countries, or well, not to say the far countries, when, when they saw someone didn't speak their language, they could suddenly start speaking in another language to communicate the gospel message of Jesus Christ. They, they would speak that to the lost, and the lost people would say, aren't these just a bunch of ignorant fishermen? How are they speaking 10 different languages to all of us at once? That was a sign to the lost people that God was with them and that God was giving them a message. Folks, that's why I believe it's, it's, it's false for us to think that I have to speak in some kind of gibberish language to God that's between me and Him. Folks, the Bible just told us speaking in tongues was a sign for the lost. That's Scripture. We can't get away from that. That's what it is. And then the second part of that verse said, well, what about prophesying? Well, we see prophesying is better again. Prophesying is for the church. Prophesying is where people of God that know God can take God's word and talk about God and learn about God. Hey, that's going to build all of us up. That means there is no place for this, for, for this mass confusion within the church. Now, there were times here in the Old Testament that that did happen, and Paul addresses that, and we'll talk about that too. But folks, number four was this, and this is very important. Tongues are for the lost, not for the saved. They were for a sign. You know, when we think about that, there's, there's this one thing. I was watching this YouTube video. This, this one girl, she was trying to teach people how to speak in tongues. And she said, you know, the first time I remember I spoke in tongues, I just went into my, I think she said her bathroom. And I think she said she sat in her tub. I can't remember. Anyways, she shut the door behind her and she cut the lights off. And she said she started praying. And then she just kind of started repeating this word over and over. And then, boy, the next thing you know, it, she just went into some kind of long chant and rant. And, and she said, oh, it was just so wonderful. I started speaking in tongues. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what did the Lord tell you? You know, what did you learn from this? Folks, it doesn't help us when we are alone. It doesn't help a church full of believers because it can cause confusion. Prophesying has always been better. Now, watch this, number five. And then this is a kind of another point to your test. We've, we've mentioned this before, but we need to write it down as a test. Interpreters are always necessary. 
Interpreters are always necessary. Let's continue reading. Verse number 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place. Okay, if it does happen in the church, here's how it happens. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Now here's where we're getting ready to see this test. If any man speak in an unknown tongue... Let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. And let him speak to himself and to God. So folks, here's what's happening. If for some reason this person, he, he's there, he's in the church, and they're, they're in some kind of a church service, then all of a sudden God does give him, or he does think to himself, hey, I've got this message in an unknown tongue. And there's no one there that can verify what he's saying. In our terms, the Bible is saying, keep your mouth shut. Because you're just going to cause confusion. You're just, you're just going to make people confused. It's going to cause disorder. If there's a visitor there that has no idea what's going on, it's, he's going to think it's a madhouse. I mean, that's, that's what we are seeing in layman terms. He's saying, if you do have that, and you have something that, that God has given that would be a help to someone in an unknown language, fine. You can keep that to yourself. Thank God for it, but, but keep that to yourself. And you, that's going to be between you and God. Now, if there's an interpreter, fine. If someone is there to interpret that, then he can stand up and say, look, I've got a, I've got a message from the Lord. Boy, the Lord gave me this, and it's in an unknown tongue, and here it is. Then he can speak it, and then another man would stand up and say, yeah, this is what he said. Now, when you see tongues today, folks, I want to tell you, it is mass chaos. People are popping up all over the church. They're in these pews. They're saying things that make no sense. There is no one interpreting. God's name isn't even mentioned. It's just this one massive ball of confusion. That is not the method that was prescribed in God's word. Did in that day God give people the ability to speak an unknown tongue? Yes. Is it for today? No. Even if it was, they're doing it all wrong. So folks, we saw number five, interpreters have always, always been necessary. And folks, can I show you this too? This is something I think it's important to, important to note. The fact that God would say, and the fact that Paul would tell them, if you happen to have a message that is in an unknown tongue, and he said, you need to sit down and you need to be quiet. Don't, don't cause confusion. That tells me that the people that received that from God, they had a measure of self-control about it. It wasn't something that just overcame them, that they, they lost all control and something just came over them and it just kind of came out. No, they had control. 
See, I remember so vividly in my mind the first story I told you. I was looking at this girl up in the balcony, and she was, oh, man, she was staggering around, and she was, she was like falling over, and she was passing out, kind of like what you see on these Benny Hinn shows when he smacks people in the forehead and they fall backwards, you know. Folks, I mean, these people, they think that there's, there's just something overcoming them. No. Paul says you have self-control. Paul says if you have some kind of thing that, that, that was in an unknown tongue, then if there's no interpreter, then you just sit down and be quiet. That means they have the capability of doing it. Folks, I have never seen a time that that's God has come upon someone in such a way that they lose self-control. In fact, God tells us that we need to not lose self-control. We need to be able to control our tongue. We need to be able to control what we say, what we do, how we think. Why? Paul talks about bringing my body under subjection. That, that's why we say that you know, someone that's on drugs is such a bad thing. Because they lose self-control. They have no idea what they're saying. They might not even remember what they did last night. I mean, you look at Lot. Lot, when he got drunk because of the wine his daughters gave him, he lost self-control and he had a, a, a child with his daughters. He lost self-control. Folks, there has never been a time in God's word where he has advocated losing self-control. It's not in there. We do see God telling us to bring our body under subjection. So here this thing of speaking in tongues, it's always been done with an interpreter. And because he tells us to hold our tongue, well, them, told them to hold their tongue, that shows us that there was a method, a, a sense of self-control with that. They had that. So folks, here's simply number six. And this is sort of our, and really this, this number six is sort of our conclusion. Let's, let's continue reading here. Verse number 24. But of all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one that is unlearned. He is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down in his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Prophesying did that, not tongues. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it by two, or at the most by three, and that by course let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak in himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. And if anything be revealed to the other that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Folks, we see that God is not the author of confusion. We know that our God, He does things decently and in order. So we saw simply this, and here's kind of our... Kind of four things I put together for number six, which is really a conclusion. Number six was this, that God never causes confusion. God never causes confusion. Folks, the way that speaking in tongues is done today, it causes confusion. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange. It's odd. I remember I was, I was watching this one video. They were having a baptism service, and, and we'll not talk about baptism, the Holy Spirit, and stuff tonight. It's for a different message. 
But they were having an actual water baptism. And they were calling it baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. And I remember, boy, they took, they took this girl and she went down under the water. And everyone in the auditorium jumped up. And they just started saying a whole bunch of gibberish all at once. I, I heard one girl in the background just saying, la, 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 la. I mean, I'm talking like for three minutes and it didn't stop. And to her, that was her speaking in tongues. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm, one, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is, this is confusion. That this is not edifying. There is, there is no interpreter. She is not bringing me anything that is a mystery of God. It is not passing Paul's test of speaking in tongues at all. So, and, and I'm not, folks, please understand, I am not here to, to, to bash or to belittle anyone that's actually seeking something from God, but I do want us to be right by scriptures. So here's, here's the three ways we looked at this. We saw number one, that I do not believe tongues is for today. Paul said they would cease. He said that would go away. When that which is perfect is come, that which is in part, the little things, they'll be done away. And then he said, well, for today's time, while we don't have it, here's how speaking in tongues is done. He gave us the test. So these people that say they're speaking in tongues today, I have not once seen it pass the test. Not once. So folks, because of that, I do not believe that this method of speaking in tongues is for today. So while, while we see this, and I realize this was something that was kind of teaching, I think it very important for, for a pastor, for a church, for us to make sure we take time to do messages like this as well. I know this isn't one where we're going to be going home just happy and excited about you know, the miracles of God, but I do think this is something that we need to learn and we need to tuck in our hearts. And folks, I want to encourage you to do this. If you wrote down these six things, Go home with chapter 14. Read back over this. Look at how it was done. Look at the order. God said if there's not understanding, if there's no building up, there's no message, if there's no interpretation, he said, then, then you're doing nothing. He said, in fact, even the right kind of tongues, I would rather speak five words that actually make sense than 10,000 of the tongues. So, folks, while we see this today, don't get confused. Don't, don't get wrapped up in this whole experience movement. Because people, they want to feel something. Folks, I, I don't need some kind of warm fuzziness. I've got the word of an almighty God that is precious and pure and holy. Folks, this book has got all the power that I need. I'm not looking for, for God to give me something. Anyhow, I could, I could go on. But let's stop there. Let's have a word of prayer. Our God in heaven, we love you. Lord, I'm thankful for the pure and inerrant word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for the scriptures. I pray that you would help us to understand tonight all the things that we see here in the word of God. Lord, as we've been going through the church at Corinth, and I understand in, in that time and in that day, yes, you gave them signed gifts. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to, or to use caution with the day that we're in. Lord, you showed us here even in, in your own book, in your own Bible. You, you've showed us that there are things that are done differently today. And now we have the complete word of God. And Lord, I'm so thankful for it. I'm thankful that the Bible has always stood. It's never been stamped out. Lord, it's always been here. And I believe it always will be. God, thank you. And Lord, I pray that tonight you would help us to, Lord, just be wise. Lord, with those that might be around us. Now, folks, here for just a brief moment, with every head bowed and with, with every eye closed. Folks, I don't know how necessarily God would have spoke to you tonight if, if he would have given you any specific thing, but I never want to close a service without a time of invitation. So that's what this is. 
Let's just have a brief moment where we're able to spend some time with God in prayer. And maybe God has spoke to you in some kind of special way. messages like this simply to understand that there may be things out there that would deceive us things that may cause confusion and I believe if there's anything that Satan can do to trip us up or cause us to have eyes anywhere outside of the Bible I believe he'll do it God and Father, again, we love you and we praise you. Lord, you're so so perfect. You're so high and holy and lifted up. Lord, you're worthy of all our praise. Lord, I pray that you would help us again tonight just to be wise. Lord, to be careful about those that would, would call themselves teachers, but yet teach something different than we see found in scriptures. Lord, bless us now as we get ready to leave and go our separate ways. Thank you for each and every person that's here. And may we honor you above all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.